Thank you, team. That was beautiful. How good is it to be in church on Easter Sunday, singing together, declaring just how good God is? I think it's um, beautiful. And as Josh said, we do have a treat in a moment. We have three um, amazing women sharing with us, testifying just to what God's done in their life, the goodness of Jesus, and I'm really looking forward to that. Who's on a sugar high or a sugar low? Who had too many Easter eggs this morning? Mostly the kids who are probably all out there. Adam? I saw someone post on Facebook, what I love about being an adult, that I can eat 20 Easter bunnies and no one will stop me. What I I hate about being an adult, that I can eat 20 Easter bunnies and no one will stop me. Uh, The glory of being an adult. Anyway, um, it's now my privilege to introduce our first amazing person that's sharing with you, my sister, Rachel. Give her a hand as she comes. This is my younger sister, Rachel, 10 years younger than me. I love when Rachel shares. She's just got a heart of gold. and She's been on an incredible journey throughout her life, and she's inspirational, and I'm looking forward to what you're going to share with us. No pressure. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Oh, this feels very official. I'll just put my phone here. There we go. Oh, no, where's my... I think I just deleted my notes. I knew this was going to happen, Marty. I was taking photos of it this morning and Marty's like, why are you doing that? Here we go. Yep, in recently deleted. There we go. Good start. So, hey guys. Hey everyone. Um, I'm going to try and keep this nice and short because I'm really nervous for one. And secondly, Marty is like really keen to see the parade. So I don't want to make him miss it. He's been talking about it for weeks. So a bit about me. There's lots of visitors here. So a lot of you probably don't know me. My name's Rachel, obviously. Um, I'm married to Marty over there and I've got a two-year-old, little Elliot, was probably running around the front, and a seven-month-old daughter whose name is Edie. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I really struggled with what to talk about today, obviously being such an important day, Easter Sunday, so no pressure. Thanks, Sarah and Josh. But, <laughs> but after all that, I think all I can really do is tell my own story, which is what I was supposed to do anyway, and hopefully you'll be able to get something out of it. So, obviously, today is Easter Sunday, and at Easter we remember Jesus dying on the cross and celebrate him rising from the dead. But I don't know about you, but for me, without even meaning to, sometimes that sentence can just become words, really. And it's, it's true, obviously, the resurrection of Jesus is a fact, but that doesn't mean anything until we make it personal for each and every one of us. Um, and to do this, we have to ask, or what I do is, I ask who Jesus is to me. Um, And each of us will have a different answer to this. Some of us will have the same. um, But for me, it's pretty simple. Jesus is the person that I turn to. And I've lived a pretty blessed life, but like anyone, I've had ups and downs. I've had times where I've questioned God and times where I've questioned his relevance and questioned whether life would be more fun without him or questioning why certain things have happened to me. And and nobody's perfect, otherwise Jesus wouldn't have needed to save us. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But um, I love this quote from Jefferson Bethke, his grace isn't there for the future me, but for the real me. And I've often felt that I can't turn to Jesus because I need to be a better version of myself before I do. Like if I get my act together first, there'll be less for him to forgive. But um, no matter what I'm going through, when I'm down in the dumps, he's always there waiting for me when I'm ready. And looking back at some of the the lowest points in my life and the darkest points of my life, I can see the whispers of his grace woven throughout without me even realising it. And it's when I put that into perspective that Jesus isn't just some historical figure. He's he's that went to the cross and died for me. But it's actually the guy who I call out to when I need him the most, the person I call out to when no one else can help me. It's the one who brings me peace beyond understanding, the one who pours out blessing after blessing. That's the one who died for me on the cross to bring our salvation and joy and peace and wholeness. 
So yeah, I just think at some point today, in between the parade and the chocolate and the crazy holiday traffic, if we could all just take a moment to think about who Jesus is to you and what he has done for you, where he's brought you from because of what he did on the cross, and just remember that. And thank you. And yeah, that's it. How good was that, that God's grace, Jesus' grace is for us who we are, the real us, not the future us. That's so good. Thank you, Rachel. Awesome. We are now going to hear from, it's Lynn or Leanne. Anyone want to go next? Paper, scissors, roll. Lynn wants to go. All right, let's give the beautiful Lynn Candalo a hand as she comes. We love hearing from Lynn. She is just real and raw as, and we always love hearing from you. Thanks, Lynn. I'm not going to give a sermon. I have got double spaced and I did print on 14s. But when you get old, you do forget a lot. And God did mess me up this morning. He woke me up with something to start the thing with, and I'd already finished it. So, but first, I want to thank Josh and um, Sarah for giving me the microphone because it really is a privilege. Now, I read a book over the last couple of months. I like to write, and I read a book over the last few months, and the book was called Shimmering Images. And it was a book on how to write your memoirs. And there's just this little thing in here that the author said. And it says, a shimmering image is a a memory that rises in your consciousness like a photograph pulsing with meaning. So today what I wanted to do was just share a few memories. I have to go back to the ratty bits when I was young. But I want to end up by sharing some of the memories of how God has, his love has changed my life. So before I did that, I just wanted to ask you one question. And that question is, do you really think that Jesus makes a difference in a person's life? And I can testify that he certainly does. We all know that a child's formative years are really important and that they shape your thoughts and your inner life. I've shared a little bit before, but, you know, I grew up in a really dysfunctional family and the people who should have nurtured me were unable to meet my needs. But it's funny when you start to think back, like the shimmering images, and you, what memories have um, really impacted you. I remember growing up, my mum was chronically ill. My dad suffered from post-traumatic syndrome. He was a prisoner in Changi Jail. And I didn't know until he, until he, he was three, and mum and dad were both alcoholics. I could probably say that growing up my life was a little bit like a revolving door. People came into my life and people went out of my life just as quickly. We moved from place to place, never putting down roots. I had five different homes by the time I was 12 years old. I went to five different schools by the time I was 12 and my sister and I spent some time in a children's home. Now, one of the shimmering images I wanted to um, share with you probably not shimmering, it's probably dark and horrible, but my mum was a tailoress and she used to make our clothes and she made my school uniforms. But my school uniforms weren't like other kids' school uniforms with box pleats, they were different. And that made me feel different and it made me feel that I didn't fit in. I remember when I was at um, Catholic school when I was in primary school, some of the nuns asked for a show of hands on whose parents drank and smoked. My mum was a barmaid, so I raised my hands. 
Within two weeks, my mum had a visit from the priest. A week after that, we were pulled out of the Catholic school and we were put into the state school. So the people who should have loved me shamed me. In high school, I spent most of my time... I know you will find this hard to believe, but I spent most of my time standing alone on the veranda because I talked too much. <laughs> I was always in trouble. I was the class clown. And I was always longing to be accepted. So consequently, I grew up feeling that I was different. And because we moved frequently, I didn't establish close friendships, I didn't fit in, and I felt that I wasn't acceptable. Mum and Dad fought a lot. Dad had lots of breakdowns. Mum was constantly leaving Dad. And when I was 15, my mum died. So that changed my life again. So if I said that my life was unstable, I think you'd think that that was an understatement. But by the time I was 32, I was married with two children and I was on the verge of a, a nervous breakdown. And then a miracle happened. Jesus came into my life. And he began the restoring process. And it's been a long process. I'm nearly 77. So you count up from 32 to 77. It's been a long journey. I'd like to say that my life was suddenly changed and I was completely whole and life was rosy. But it doesn't happen like that very often, does it? Changing your life is a process. So in the early days of my Christian life, even in church, I felt like that I didn't fit in. I felt that I wasn't like Christian women. I was loud and I was unladylike. Nothing's changed much, has it? <laughs> In fact, I remember one saying to one pastor's wife, this is when I first came into the charismatic movement, I said, I feel like Ronald McDonald tramping down the aisles with great big hobnail boots on. But she was very gracious and she said to me that I was like a breath of fresh air. So that was nice. But what happened was, God began placing people in my life who loved me. And the amazing thing was, they loved me unconditionally. I don't understand why. Anyway, slowly, friendships started to form. But God has a wonderful sense of humour. He seemed to put me with women who were the opposite to my personality. I know some of you might know my friend Bev from Sydney. She's little and she's quiet and she's demure. She's like my friend Nancy. They're quiet, they're shy, they're serious, they're thoughtful. They're the opposite to me. But both of my friends, especially Bev, she encouraged me because she said she loved me because I gave her permission to have fun and be fun. So that was good. So my life started to change and I've... When I look back now, I see that some of the friendships I've had have lasted over 45 years. Some of them have been 50 years, and that's a long time. God also has planted me in two churches. I've been in others, but two churches where I've been accepted and where I've begun to grow. And I've been part of this church now for over 25 years. No more revolving doors for me. This is my home. And what I'd like to say is that Jesus has brought a stability in my life. In Ephesians 4, uh, 1, 4 to 6, it's a really precious verse. It tells me that I'm chosen in Jesus, I'm adopted into God's family, and most of all, I'm accepted in Jesus. Okay, I know, I'm still the clown. But now I don't do it to be accepted. I do it because I am accepted. Yeah. Now, 
I just wanted to leave you with one little thing. Well, it's more than one. I tell a lie. It's more than one. But I want to encourage you to share God's love with other people. God's love will change people's lives. And people won't be the same. In Matthew 10, 5 to 8, there's this little verse that said, I've received freely from God's love. I have to give God's love out. Also, the message says, you've been treated generously, so live generously. And I just want to tell you that small things, small acts of love, really make a difference. And I don't want to embarrass Josh, but I can't remember if it was a year ago or two year ago, years ago, it was my birthday, and we'd been in here for prayer meeting, and everybody was ordering coffee. And Josh asked me, did I want a coffee? I could cry now. And he brought me a coffee back and he wouldn't take any money. You know, I felt so loved and so ex accepted and so part of God's body. And there are other things I could embarrass other people with, but I won't. But I wanted to leave you with the thought of just, can we just allow Jesus to make us shimmering images for other people? If we can just allow him to express his love to other people, you never know what life you might change. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, Lynn, and so powerful, and you are such a breath of fresh air still to us all, so thank you, Lynnie. Can I be naughty now? You can be naughty, yeah. <laughs> we love you. We love you being naughty. All right, Leanne's going to come and wrap us up. Give her a hand as she comes. Leanne, like Lynn, she is a breath of fresh air and she loves God and she loves um, helping others and I know what she shares this morning is really going to be encouraging. So thank you, Leanne. Morning, church. This is pretty short and sweet. Um, uh, a few years ago, our network leader, Mark Ewins, where is he? In Crash. All right. Hey, Mark. Um, he ran a class here at church on evangelism and he asked all of us there a question. Who is Jesus to you? <laughs> Good question, Rach. Uh, it was really interesting hearing all of the different answers from the people in the group. Well, my answer was, he is my rescuer. I was very thankful at the time that God had rescued me from an abusive marriage, in fact, 15 years ago, this Good Friday. Uh, since that time, who Jesus has become to me has evolved. After he rescued me, he then became my healer. And over the years, some of the things I have battled with are fear, insecurity, rejection, approval addiction, anxiety, depression, and shame, just to name a few. And I'm still a work in progress, hey, Lynn. <laughs> and will be till the day I die. But anyway, I'm getting better. My journey of healing also has been a long, slow one. As I found the courage to allow Jesus into the darkest places of my heart, into the deep wounds, the shame-filled places, the deepest hurts, he's encouraged me to bring these wounds out into the light where he could heal them. What I've learned over the years is that when we keep things hidden in our hearts, we give the enemy access to these places where he will spout his lies to us and torment us in our minds. This was my life. But when we speak these experiences out of our mouths to someone that we feel safe with, a spouse, a friend, a pastor, or even a counselor, the enemy no longer has a hold over us because these wounds are no longer hidden. They are out in the light, and little by little, we'll begin to walk in more and more freedom. Ever since Larry and I met, God has played games with us, 
especially one called Find the Five Cent Piece. It seemed that so often in our comings and goings, Kirsty and Ron know about this, um, we would find five cent pieces everywhere. In fact, it soon became a game of who would find the coin first today and whoever found the coin first had bragging rights for the entire day. The game between us and God went on for years. It was something like, oh, Larry, look, I found a coin. I win, you lose, you suck, I don't, I'm his favourite. <laughs> you know, for an entire day. And I seem to win more coins, I don't know why. But anyway, one of my favourite stories is this one. A few years back, Larry and I went on a camping holiday to the Barrier Reef. This was a very long drive, so to pass the time, we decided to play Find the Five Cent Piece at every single rest stop. When we stopped for petrol or at Macca's for lunch, we would scour the car parks looking for coins, under cars and besides garbage bins. This game went on for the entire trip. Can you imagine going on a holiday with us? This is, you want to you go away for it? No. All right. Um, it took us three days to get to the town of 1770 in Queensland with no coins found. When we finally arrived at the campsite, it was late in the afternoon and we laid out our tent on the ground, which was basically sand, um, as we were camping on the waterfront. We laid out the pegs and ropes around the tent and Larry picked up his hammer and went to drive in the first peg, when there, on top of the sand, were two five-cent pieces, sitting one on top of the other. It was like God gave us one coin each so we couldn't have bragging rights. He is so funny and so playful. You see, Larry, Larry never knew his father, and my father was also a World War II veteran with severe post-traumatic stress disorder. So neither of us had a father who would come outside and play with us. Well, Jesus became the playful father we never had, and that's who he's been for at least the last decade for us. But over the last 12 months or so, I've noticed a change. We don't seem to find coins anymore. And I believe I've figured out the reason why. The broken little girl who needed a father to play with her has been healed. I've learned that the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father is one that evolves and that he relates to us according to our needs at the time. The relationship I have with my Heavenly Father today is one of maturity, of a grown woman who connects with her father. So who is Jesus to me today? He is my father, I am his daughter, and I am very very loved. Thank you, Lee. How good is that? We're going to stand. We're going to finish by singing if the band doesn't mind coming. We might sing a worship song if that's all right. And I just think there was